Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Because it's a dog's life with pet and cannabis expert Angela Ardolino. Learn the best holistic practices from top pet industry professionals and listen in on why CBD might be a whole different animal for your best in show buddy. Here's your new best friend about pets, Angela Ardolino. Hi everybody, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life and I'm thrilled to be with um, Dr. Trina Huzzah, who is a cannabis leading expert um, when it comes to our pets. She's an oncologist. She's been working with um, this incredible natural medicine that we know all about for a very long time now. And I am so excited to be here. I met you um, and first saw you and heard about you at the HVMA. Yeah. And... Um, I always tell everybody this. I I come from the cannabis. I'm I'm in the pet industry. I'm in the rescue industry, if you can even call that. But I came from the cannabis world, and I kept going to pet industry events and hearing them talk about uh, THC killing animals. Uh, it's dangerous. Stick with a, an isolate or a broad mm-hmm. spectrum product. And of course, I went to school for this. You know better. My head would, oh no, this yeah. is the wrong information. Mm-hmm. And then I went to HVMA and heard you and Dr. Richter, and I was like, ha, <laughs> finally. Um, I, I actually stood up and gave a, a standing ovation for Dr. Richter because I literally went in there scared yeah. that the wrong information yeah. was going to yeah. be given out again because. As we know, there are vets out there who have actually even put out products um, that, you know, a broad spectrum product, as we know, may help with some anxiety Mm -hmm. and fear, but it's not going to help um, with disease or seizures and Mm -hmm. and the big things that are life-threatening to our pets. So to me, it's kind of a disservice for a person to go in, trust us, they've listened to us, go buy a product that has very little actual Mm. cannabis medicine Mm. in it, and Mm. they don't see a result, and they're unhappy. And they think no cannabis would work. Doesn't work. Um, Or that they're so scared of the THC. So, Mm. and of course, one of the things I get most asked more than, most often is that, well, if this is so great, why isn't my vet telling me about it? Or why is my vet telling me it's going to kill my dog? Mm. So that's why we're on this tour, not only to educate pet parents to take responsibility mm-hmm. for their own pet's mm-hmm. health, but to also talk to vets who have been using it, who are advocates, and you are one of the best. Mm-hmm. And thank, thank you. you so much for being one of those people. Thank you. Um, and thank you so much for letting us come into this beautiful hospital and interview you. I know you're extremely busy. Um, so... I want to know. Um, I want to know a little bit about you. I want everyone okay. to know a little bit about you. Um, kind of your journey. Mm-hmm. A. When did you know that this? I want to be a vet, or ah. I'm great with animals. Yeah, yeah. And then tell me what you did from there. What you went to school, and then how did you discover this this cannabis route that yeah. you went? Hmm. Well, how many hours do we have? <laughs> as long as you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I actually grew up in Washington D.C. Very few people grow up in the city, right? So I grew up in Washington, D.C. Um, I'm first-generation American. Both my parents are from Cairo, Egypt. Oh, neat. Um, and interestingly, they were really into animals, right? Um, I say interestingly because we grew up as a Muslim family, and back in Egypt, the family really was not supportive of animals, right? In Egypt, mm-hmm. in Cairo, there's dogs and cats running around the city, and they would say, don't touch them, they're dirty. Right. And so, but my grandmother, my mother's mother, 
loved animals. And she, a devout Muslim, loved animals. She didn't listen to what anyone would say. She would bring the animals into her home. She would take care of them. And she loved, you know, she loved tortoises. It's like the best. So I'd go to her house. She'd have tortoises in her house. Yay! And I mean, but the, she didn't understand salmonella or any of this. They would be sitting on the kitchen table, right? Like, and she would name them Cairo, Alexandria, Mahdi, like all these different cities within Egypt, right? And it was amazing because I grew up having these little tortoises. And then she would, because I would go there in the summertime and spend time. And then she would say, why don't you take them back to the States with you? And I'm like, I don't know if I can. She said, just put them in your pocket. So, and I have, a, I, I have an identical twin sister. Oh, no way. Yeah, she just, she, I mean, we look very similar. I always, we always joke. She says, I'm the smarter one and I'm the, I mean, we go through this a lot, right? But she is actually the largest lion conservationist in the world right now. She lives in Kenya. Um, oh, and my gosh, so her, yeah, so we both got into animals. And part of this is my grandmother, right? Like, she's like, take them back with you. And I'm like, what are you going to, you know, so we, had these, I mean, we were very, very young, I don't know, 10 years old or something. We had these sweatshirts that had the pockets in the front, and we each put two tortoises in our sweatshirts, and we brought them back. We threw, flew into Frankfurt, then we flew into the States, and with these turtles or tortoises, we fed them on the plane, like the little peas they'd give you, and then we put them back in. I mean, and so we brought these, I mean, what, can you even imagine? No. Like, yeah, now 9-11, that right? never happened. They think I had little, right. you know, bombs in me. So anyway, so um, that's kind of how it started. I was like, oh, my God, this is so much fun. My grandmother loves animals. I get to be, run around Egypt with her and play with animals and feed them. And my mother, her, you know, her daughter, my mother, and she was very into animals as well. So she lives in Egypt now, and she's always sending me pictures. Do you think I can take this one off the street and keep Aww. it? And, you know, I mean, is this a nice breed for me? I'm like, ma, it's like an Egyptian mutt. Just take the dog, right, right? right? Like, it's, you know, and so that, and then coming to the, st- being in the States, living and growing up here, my parents were very supportive of having animals, and we didn't have a ton, right? We had some. We had a cat, and we had a dog that ran away, and then eventually came back, and then ran away again, and never <laughs> came back. And um, then I begged, I begged, I wanted my own dog, and at 15, I finally got a yellow Labrador. It's all I wanted. After watching Old Yeller, I wanted a yellow Labrador, so I got to pick this yellow Labrador, and... Um, and he was my best friend. I mean, he was my best friend until I was 31, and he passed away. So I had him for almost 16 years. Um, and we did everything together. So I thought I, my father, very kind of strict Arab father, said, you're going to be an orthopedic surgeon. I said, okay. Well, you know, and I was always good at math and science, but I didn't realize I was actually going to be a doctor and then an orthopedic surgeon. And as I... So I figured, well, okay, well, I kind of go down the track, right? I go to, I'll go to college, and I'll, you know, and then I was like, I have to pay for this dog. At 15, 16, I had to pay for this dog, and I, wait, how was I going to do it? I started to have a dog walking company, my own, and then I started to work for a vet clinic, and I cleaned cages, and, and I was really good at cleaning the cages. Oh, what a great, how awesome for you to go, okay, I need to make money. Let me go do it in some to go do something I love. Well, also I needed to pay for the dog, and the vet I the know, vet would give great. the dog free services, and she would do dentals, and she'd give me free food. So it was just the best. Like I, I love how did it. I get you know? And so cleaned our cages, and then finally one day she was like, "Hey, the my tech called out. Can you come help me?" And I was like, "I, love I just clean cages. Like I don't." She's like. Trina, just come help me with this. And that that day on, I was like her sidekick. I did all her did oh her dentals, did her you know helped in surgery, and loved every bit of it. Um, and she was a Tuskegee graduate, 
And she introduced me to some other Tuskegee graduates, and she said, listen, you, go, you should go to Tuskegee. And I'm like, I am not moving to Alabama. I'm in Washington, D.C. Like, and, uh, and, she, and so I applied to a bunch of different vet schools, and Tuskegee accepted me right away, and I was on the hold list of some of these other institutions that were really expensive. I mean, they were like $60,000, $45,000. I mean, just, and Tuskegee was like $18,000. I mean, nice. it was just, and I said, okay, listen, I have all this support from Tuskegee grads. They have supported me through this entire way. Let me do this. So my dog, Otis, and I moved down to Alabama. Wow. We were there for four years, and that was just, it was, I mean, it's a life-changing experience to be in Alabama. And so, I mean, it was, at first I was terrified because I couldn't even understand the accents, right? I, I was just like, <laughs> are they speaking a different language? Um, but they are just such warm, loving, kind people. And I lived in the town of Tuskegee where there was absolutely nothing. And but it was so nice because even the male lady would come in and I'd be getting dressed up for a banquet. And I'd be like, can you come in and tell me if these shoes look right? And she would, oh, Trina, here, I got your glasses. I'm at the Aww. CVS. Here, I found your glasses. They, they, you know, I mean, this is the type of town, right? It was so lovely coming from such a big city. So anyway, then decided to do an internship. And there was, in my mind, I had to go to the biggest and the best. So at that time, it was Red Bank in New Jersey which was the largest veterinary hospital in the country at that time. So I went there, and it was nice to come back to the Northeast, and Otis came with me, and then we did. I did a residency up in Connecticut, and so he came up there with me. And mm-hmm. it was just, it was, it was the right path for me, and I didn't know what I was going to specialize in. I really didn't. I just knew I, I didn't want to do a GP work, and partly because you had to be really, really smart to be a GP, and I didn't think I was that smart. I mean, it was just to know all everything I could just know one thing very well. Right. And so people say, God, you must be really smart to be an oncologist. I'm like, no, you got to be really smart to be a GP because I don't know anything about ears or skin or, you know, and they have to know it all. They have to know mm-hmm. cancer. They have to know. So for me, it was like I could focus at one thing, and I ended up spending time in um, in Tennessee over the summer, and I they I elected to do some oncology work there, and the oncologists there were like, Trina, why don't you be an oncologist? Like, this is what you're really good at. And I was like, am I? Like, you should just do this. So they wrote me recommendations, and I ended up going on the way to be an oncologist. And um, and then Otis passed away right the last year of my residency, but he was with me through that entire process. Wonderful. I mean, like, that's like a homie, right? right? Like, that can go through it all with me. Mm-hmm. Lived in Baltimore in the hood with me. Lived in Tuskegee in the hood. I mean, really just that he, he protected me, right? Like, he was my angel. And, um, and then I just – so then I got to think I just had this – beautiful gift of getting this oncology residency and becoming an oncologist and I enjoyed all I mean I really did I loved oncology and I still love it it just started to get really hard to watch these patients get sick and not being able to do very much about it mm-hmm. the typical medications the Zofrans the Serenia the anti-nausea I mean it's starting to get a little old right like and I wasn't able I could get only but so much grasp on the cancer, right? This this feeling of, as I mentioned earlier, like, God, right? I could just cure it all. It, it didn't exist. It really it was like a facade. It wasn't real. And I needed to do more. And I'm in L.A. So I moved to L.A. right after my residency. I figured I would go the furthest away from snow. Um, <laughs> and so literally the, my boss asked me, where are you going to go? Do you want to stay here? And I sat there in Connecticut while it was snowing. No. And I said, I can't stay. And he said, why? He said, I'm just too cold. I cannot do it. Like, I have Egyptian blood. I cannot do it. I need to go to warm. And so, yeah, you get it, right? We're Colombian, born, right? Yeah, we're born and raised in Miami. So You get it. Yeah. Like, I need sun. I need warmth. 
And so he said, well, where are you going to go? And at that moment, I said, I'm going to California. I not, never thought about it. And so then I said, Shoot, like, I got to go look for a job in California. So I did my search and figured, well, if you're going to go anywhere, I might as well come to L.A. and have the L.A. life. And I totally, I mean, this has been amazing. And I came to the largest hospital, right, west of the Mississippi. And it's always like big, 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 right? Let's just see, because mm-hmm. I wanted to have, have this platform to do whatever I could do, right? And I needed that support. And fortunately, this hospital has been a wonderful place and has been very, very supportive of my going into some integrative medicine. So being into practice for a while, I realized I got to change it up. And in L.A., people were asking me questions. Well, I, I want to start this herb. And I was like, I don't know anything about herbs. Or what about food? And I was like, I don't know. Just go upstairs. There's some prescription diets and there's bags. And I don't know anything about it. And I was giving my own animals this stuff, right? I mean, I just, I was a Western doctor through and through. And I didn't have any Eastern training because in vet school at the time, there was certainly none of that, right? It's a dog's life. We'll be back once we take our sponsors out for a short walk. Trends and technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The cutting edge of cannabis. Consulted by the American Cannabis Company. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. Stop barking up the wrong tree. We're back with more of It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. So when you're in vet school, mm-hmm. how much training did you get in diet and nutrition? Um, only by the large companies that produce bags of prescription diets. That's Great. all I would say. I'm not going to mention any names in well, particular, we already know who but they you are. know who they are. Um, also, did were you taught about the endocannabinoid system? Oh, of course 
So I want you know the audiences to to realize that most vets know nothing about diet and nutrition because they weren't taught, and they don't know anything about the endocannabinoid system because they weren't taught. So when you go to your vet and you bring this up and they don't know what you're talking about or mm-hmm. they're scared because they read something, um, understand it. Understand their innocence and where they're coming from, mm-hmm. and even better. Give them this video. Yeah. Introduce them to vets who have been using the medicine and who understand it. Because if a vet knows about diet and nutrition in the endocannabinoid system, that means they went out on their own and learned it. Or they know about Chinese herbs or Mm -hmm. acupuncture or Mm -hmm. chiropractic. All of this is a choice they make to 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 learn about everything that could possibly help your pet. And that's those are the vets we love. Yeah. And she's one of them. Open vets, right? That Mm -hmm. are saying hey, I don't know what's going to help, but if it's not going to hurt, why don't we try a combination of some of the stuff that has been shown? And if you really look through the research, there's a lot of research A lot out of there. research. And to say, I think what happens is, is that we were taught in Western medicine, there's nothing out there research-wise and holistic. But that's not true. If you go through PubMed, some of these Chinese herbs have tons and tons and tons of published articles showing that it's going to have anti-cancer effect. And a lot of them are preclinical studies or in vitro studies. But, but they've also something. been using them for thousands and thousands of years like for these cannabis, things. Right? Over like, 4, just like years. cannabis. Mm-hmm. 4,000 years. Yeah, exactly. exactly. No, okay, so, so you got into Chinese herbs. So then I asked this hospital, I said, hey, would you support me going to get a certification in Chinese herbal medicine? Clients are asking, I want to support that need. And they were very kind and oh, said, let's awesome. support, let, we'll support you doing it. And they've supported me having, you know, as you guys saw, the slew of herbs and, and, and you know, material for owners to read about herbal therapies. And then I started to get a little bit into some Western herbs and medicinal mushrooms. But I certainly don't have, I didn't go and get certification. And it starts, you start to get just more interested, right? Because right. you start to learn about, I've learned all about the Chinese herbal um, kind of philosophy and, and got my certification, and then I was like, but there's more, mm-hmm. right? There's more. And l- when learning about Chinese herbal medicine, you learned about cannabis. And and that particular plant, that is just, I just looked at it and I said, oh my God, there's over 700 compounds. This is unlike any other plant I've ever read about. I need to investigate this. And then the See, studies. See, that's what I go, how does everybody not simply start reading and going, wait a minute. There might be something. It might be know, something. But if yeah. lavender does this, mm-hmm. and this plant does all of the, of course it's possible. A plant already has proven that it can do all of these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was the same way. I'm like, I don't understand. When I saw a seizure stop immediately, I'm like, it's inhumane to keep this medicine for yes. anybody. Agreed. Agreed, especially when dosed properly, when the products are clean, all of these things. I think that's the big thing is that, Number one is don't judge your vet for not knowing, that right? They, because they don't know. Right. They don't know, as you mentioned. Like that, I wanted. To and add like that you to said, you you're said. a specialist, and what she said before, and we've learned vets have to learn about everything. Mm-hmm. So then, bringing on diet, nutrition, cannabis, Chinese herbs, all these other things, it's a lot of responsibility, especially when you're just trying to keep up with everything that's coming in, um, yeah. with all the problems. So don't. I, I guess I would tell a, a pet parent to not judge your vet. Be open-minded, be compassionate, because they are doing a lot, and they are trying to keep up. And I think it's our job, people that have really gotten into it and really have a passion for cannabis, to teach them. And the vets that are open to learning, we are open to teaching. Right. Um, and and if, if your vet is, is really just so, you know, unable, 
doesn't have the time or the interest, it's okay. They're really good at maybe whatever else they're doing, and we are here for you. I think that's the big thing is that doesn't every vet in the country doesn't have to be on board, but if you are on board for your pet, we're here to help give information and, and make sure that you are picking the correct product, that you are picking safe products, that you have an idea of what safe even means in cannabis world, um, and that you ha- feel that you have support because doing this all by yourself and going to the local dispensary can be a really scary, scary situation and a scary place to go. Um, and there are a lot of people out here that care and want to help. I mean, I got into this because I love animals, as I mentioned. Um, it There's, I think that medicine itself is unbelievably interesting. And I love the, the, the thought process through a lot of, a lot of just working through the cases and the strategy behind it and all of that. Um, but at the end of the day, it's the it's your pet, right? It's it's your pet that we care about and 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 that we want the best, right? And, and I think that there's so many options out there. That's the truth. There's options for everything. There's options for Western. There's options for Eastern. No one knows what is the perfect combination for your pet. At the end of the day, you're going to figure that out. But we're here to inform, right? I think as veterinarians, we're here to say, here are all the options. Let's talk about what's safe, what's not safe. And then at the end of the day, you figure out what's best for your kid. Absolutely. We we can't do that. It's the same with my kid or your kid. I mean, our two-legged kids, right? We get all the information we can. It's no different than two-legged and a four-legged. There are kids, you guys, right? Like, And I think that... You're just going to get as much information as you can, and then at the end of the day, you're going to sit there and make a decision just like we do for our own selves. But but I think just knowing that there's support, because I, I just get so afraid when I see these clients come in, and they are like, I just went to the local dispensary, they just gave me this stuff, and I was like, oh my God, don't use it. I'm so terrified, don't use it. Your dog or cat's in heart failure, and you're about to use a THC strong product, and I'm going to put them in heart failure if you start this. So please don't do that. And it's really a shame that the veterinary medical boards cannot support that. Um, because, and I wish owners would come out and be like, hey, veterinary medical boards, we need these vets. They don't even know that they have to do that. And you know? starting an ad, I think, They don't even know. Yes. And um, that's why we're doing what we're doing. <laughs> they and, don't even know that it's an issue that they are petrified that they're going to lose their, their license if they talk about it. Because they've been, the fear has been so pushed upon everybody that this is an illegal, illicit drug. Yes, yes. And not the healing oil and product Mm -hmm. that, that it is. It's a dog's life. We'll be back once we take our sponsors out for a short walk. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. My guests say Razzie Berry. We're talking about nature, naturopathic medicine, as well as the concept of prevention and preventing disease. Empower people to live a naturopathic lifestyle. Get to know your body, understand its rhythms, remove toxins, and use natural alternatives whenever possible. 90 to 95% of cancers are due to environment and lifestyle risk factors. I mean, that's a huge number. That means that cancer is preventable. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling. With the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. 
Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Candid. Captivating. Compelling. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. You got me again. All right. You got me again. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. Ah! Hey, we did it. We did it. Welcome. I have the coolest guest today. You guys already know. The one and only Tommy Chong. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Cannabis Confidential. Stop barking up the wrong tree. We're back with more of It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. So you've been using the medicine in your practice mm-hmm. uh, here at the hospital. What mm-hmm. are some of the biggest successes you've yeah. seen? What, like, I still get amazed. Yeah, you know, when, or no, on my, when people will send me pictures from our own products and I'm like, two weeks that fell off? Yes. Or my latest, yeah. um, you know, because of course I'm getting better at using the medicine and mm. using it from the inside and outside and watching tumors explode and ooze yeah. and disappear, yeah. come detached from the spine. Yeah. I, I've seen it all and yeah. I'm still amazed. And yeah, I'm also great. amazed that people, you know, freak out when they see a tumor dying in front of their, you know, because it's a disgusting yeah. looking thing. Yeah, yeah. But what are some of the, the wonderful things or I, I would love to know one of your first times that you tried it and you were like, yes, I was right. Yeah. You know, um, I'm thinking probably all the way, God, years and years ago, there was a little dog named Hammer. Um, he was a Jack Russell um, and the owners came in and the dog had three cancers all at the same time. Which is really, really unfortunate. Hammer had bad luck, right? Like, came in, uh, low-grade lymphoma, we call it indolent lymphoma, um, bladder cancer, TCC, which is transitional cell carcinoma, and then an oral squamous cell carcinoma that was fairly large. So, had Gan gave them all the options, and they said, you know what, he's like our family. We want to do what we can, but we want to make sure that we're really focused on his quality, which I think is most important. It is most important, that. their quality of life, yeah. not the quality of your life, mm-hmm. the quality of their life, that they're mm-hmm. not feeling any pain, they're comfortable, mm-hmm. they don't know what's happening, they no, don't know they have cancer. You want to keep them feeling right. like that, right? And so we ended up removing this down, what we call down to microscopic. So there wasn't any obvious cancer cells there at that point, but there was some microscopic disease. The bladder cancer, we removed down to microscopic as well. Um, And then the lymphoma kind of just hung because it wasn't really aggressive out of all of the the other two were worse. Um, This owner decided to start a targeted therapy. So no chemo, just a therapy that targeted the mutation that was causing these tumors to go. Uh, Presumption. I mean, we don't know for sure it was going to work like that, but that's the way the drug is supposed to work. So, but for those particular tumors, we don't have a ton of evidence to support it would work 100% or 80%, but we knew that there was some evidence it could work on those other tumor types. Um, not as much with lymphoma, and the other two seemed to be a higher, and those were the more aggressive ones. So we did that for about six months, and it worked. Like, we kept everything at bay, and around the six-month mark, five, six-month mark, this started to get so large that it took up his entire face. Wow. So it grew from all the way up here, and it took over his eye, so he wasn't able to open his eye. He could only open the, the other eye, the contralateral eye. 
and um, bladder cancer was starting to get worse. Lymphoma was still static, which was wonderful. Um, and he just started to feel dumpy. He just didn't feel very good. So the owners went over options again. And one of the things we discussed was cannabis. Um, the owners, in at that time, we weren't really able to have that conversation, but as an integrative oncologist, I felt very strongly that if an owner wanted to talk about it, I was going to guide them through the process to make sure it was safe. Mm -hmm. Because at that time, there weren't very many products right. that existed. So um, owners were very interested, and I said, okay, let's just start a one-to-one. -one. This is what they were doing in human medicine for cancer. I right. didn't know very much. I done some reading, of course, and was very interested in it, but I didn't know. I mean, this is to this day, we still don't know exactly right. what ratios or whatever it may be for cancer, but let's do a one-to-one. -one. Well, this particular, this dog was um, maybe 15 pounds or 18 pounds, less than 20 pounds. Um, he started one milligram of THC and one milligram of CBD. That's it. Two, Every day? Uh, twice a day. Twice a day. Once in the morning, once at night. Um, along with that targeted therapy, the owner felt that we hadn't completely failed the targeted therapy, wanted to keep going. And I said, okay, listen, maybe there's synergy. I have no idea. Or additive effect. What, 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 what. But I, I, we have no idea. Even to this day, we still don't know. So let's, let's give it a shot. So supported them and talked, to, talked with them through it. About two, three weeks later, the owner said, hey, I think his eyes starting to open a little bit more. No way really you know and even with herbs and I went through the same process mm -hmm. guys like learned all about it so gung-ho but still a little hesitant right until I started to see it work right and so with cannabis it was a very similar thing so eyes uh, getting smaller okay just keep watching and I didn't know at that time what titration was about I didn't know to increase the dose I was like look it's working just keep it right so I didn't want the dog to be high or I, I right. you know I didn't know it's your it first time yeah, exactly right. it's a baby so it's a baby doctor and so I I watched this process and probably at a month in he comes in couldn't find the tumor this one the one on the face couldn't find the tumor like he was taking up his entire face not only could he open up his eye, I could. I opened up his mouth and I saw maybe some redness in the back of his mouth. It didn't. He didn't say the dog swallowed. I mean, usually it's like they call and they're like it's bleeding everywhere. I have no idea. I mean, the, the owners, phenomenal owners, tumor was not there. It just like, I mean, he must have swallowed part of the tumor. But so hammer was just. I always would say hammer time, and he'd run around, you know, like. <laughs> And he was happy, and he was doing them. And this is one milligram. So this goes back to my whole theory of it's not the amount. Right. It's the compound that that particular cancer needed. Mm -hmm. And that started my really, I think, my passion really into figuring out which cancers respond to which compounds. And can I genetically evaluate these tumors to figure out what mutations they have or alterations, overexpressions, uh, you know, um, even looking at are they are these particular genes hyperactive, right? Are they are they silenced? Are they so we can get a little bit more information of how do we properly target the cancer with cannabis? I think I think targeted therapy is phenomenal. It's personalized medicine. I think it's where the future really needs to go and is actually going. Mm -hmm. um, but why can't cannabis be personalized? It should be. It should be for every every patient, in my opinion, for everything, for anxiety, from so 
that has been my goal for the last, God, five years or so, is really trying to figure out how do we get this down. And it's gotten a little bit more intense just in the last probably few years or a year, really, where there's now companies out there looking at genetic profiling for tumors. Because now I just need to figure out how do I match the compound. Because if I know that, say, ID1 is overexpressed in this particular cancer, then I'm going to use a CBD-dominant product and hit it hard. Now, how hard? I don't know, right? Mm -hmm. Can I use one milligram and it might work? I'm thinking I could probably use a few milligrams if it's the right compound and get it to work. Part of it has to do with their own endocannabinoid system, as we discussed. If it's so dysregulated and unbalanced, I might need more just to balance their system a little bit, and then I could pull back. And there's this idea of potential reverse tolerance with CBD, meaning that I might not, I could start a little higher and I could actually go back. Where with THC, right, the opposite usually occurs where you still have to keep to keep going up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so if I have a tumor that really needs a lot of CBD, maybe I don't even need, need to expose the dog to THC at all. So these clients that are so worried or vets that are worried about THC, hey, I have something that is personalized for this particular patient and for the particular patient's tumor. Right. So it's looking at genetics on a level of the patient, which I, it certainly exists in human medicine. Oh, now, yeah. There's companies out there that are looking at, looking at your own genetic endocannabinoid system, right? And so we could, I certainly believe we've, we have, we have um, figured out the canine genome, the entire canine genome. Why could we not do the same and run test swabs, DNA swabs, 23andMe? Mm-hmm. 23 and we, they do these 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 what are the genetic tests in dog like your dog is yes. a poodle and I'm like my dog's like a Doberman what <laughs> right, are you talking right, right, about right. right like they do these right it looks like a Doberman but you're telling me it's an 80% poodle I'm mm-hmm. so confused right those same tests should be able in my opinion should be able to be done for the endocannabinoid system so now I know your dog's tumor genetics I know your the, your dog's endocannabinoid system genetics, and now I can put it together and say, you have a mutation in P450, which means you're not going to, you know, uh, metabolize this mm-hmm. as well, this particular compound, because this is exclusively metabolized by the liver, so I'm going to have to increase or decrease the dose accordingly. So not only do I, so I know what your tumor might need, might, I'm not saying definitively, I wish I could say definitively one day, I'm going to say definitively, hopefully. But then I also need to know what your body needs. And together, we then create personalized cannabinoid therapy for dogs and cats. Perhaps we do this before they even do it for people. Right. Which would be amazing. Right. I mean, I, I think so they should do it for people too, right? What like, you're actually saying is to use cannabis as medicine. Exactly. 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 Um, on, the, um, on this dog, the hammer, Yeah. did you make diet changes? Were there any other changes that... He stayed I on everything. Even so I think so because I wasn't even doing herbal medicine. Well, I was starting to do herbal medicine at that time. And when I say I was starting to do herbal medicine, when I started to do herbal medicine, I started to do nutritional medicine. I started to do kind of a whole holistic medicine, right? right? You can't you can't really just do one. I mean, you end right. up doing the whole thing. So I'm not sure if I was even doing it. Dog was probably eating. I don't even know. Right. Like it, I. I I, I cannot remember. There's a lot. I can tell you how, 90% of my patients now are on whole food diets. Right, right, right. But at that time, I don't know. Maybe yeah. he was. I don't know. But I can say well, that's what's so, it works. That's what's so amazing about mm-hmm. it is that even without the other tools, you were able to get rid of this tumor. I mean, I find, you know, I have so much fun now. I'm like, oh, I yeah. want to see how fast I can get mm-hmm. rid of this tumor. The first time I got rid of, the first dog that I saved was given up on. It's going to die any day. 
tumors everywhere, cancer, and all I started doing was 50 milligrams a day of full spectrum. And we saved the dog, and we went back to the vet, and they were like, what did you do? So That's incredible. Now doing, I told you I do uh, topically mm -hmm. and internally, is almost like a race to see how fast I can get a tumor yeah. to fall off. Mm -hmm. And I watch them from going... I can see them growing every day. You take pictures of them growing every day to it stops. It starts shrinking. Some papillomas, I, it actually looks like someone took a lighter or a flame to them. They start turning black mm. and dying right in front yeah, of your eyes incredible. until they're completely gone. And do then you, you can't even it, tell it's there anymore. Do you, have you ever evaluated if you just gave it topically? I did. I have. Like. And, it, it, what do you think it could ever just work topically? Or you really think, of course? Okay, <clears throat> I got rid of ones just topically, but when I did the, I told you it's a race. Yeah. I, when when that first first person who wrote me, who got rid of a tumor, um, in two weeks. Yeah. She did internal and topically. So I went from just doing either topically or internal to doing both, and that's when I would have the most success. Yeah. Because yeah. they're getting it in both way both ways. Do you think that malignant tumors? certainly need both where the benign could just take one or not necessarily yeah i think okay. it, absolutely that of course if it's malignant we i want to go the whole punch and get from you know everywhere including diet probiotics gut good at all so that we can yeah. know that we can get it um yeah i don't know what that means how much time we've gone so far we Trina has to leave at noon. Oh, that's why. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> told you. me that part. <laughs> um, okay, so... Uh, Can I ask you a question? Absolutely. Um, do you dose off a milligram per kilogram, or you just say, little dog, big dog, everyone's going to get this amount? I do it ailment and age. Um, so yeah, no, I think it's smart. If it's a geriatric dog with lots of problems, I go in strong and then pull back. Um, because I, I'm trying to stop seizures. I'm also, a lot of times I come off of too many prescription drugs. So I feel like I have to support, is pain mm. going to come back? Is anxiety going to come back? What's going to happen? So I also try to support it that way. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I do go big and go small because I know I've already been taught it's completely safe mm. and I know how it works and how it's absorbed. But I also know that every dog's different and every deficiency is different. Um, but some of the things we're seeing now, now that my, I've had my product out for two years now, mm -hmm. thanks to the farm bill is I see people who not only did we get rid of the tumors or whatever the disease was, I'm sorry, they'll start taking it for tumors. And then we realize that, you know, the owner goes, I'm not getting up in the middle of the night to let my dog go pee. Is it, could it be helping her Cushing's? Yeah. Or, you know, he used to drink constantly and he's not doing that. Or now he's not biting his paws or the mm -hmm. rash on. So mm -hmm. it's, I feel like the more that they're taking, the more they get in their body, that it's filling those deficiencies mm -hmm. and it starts taking care of all of the problems. Yeah. And then when we start supporting the gut, it's like, yes, yeah, you have good. a new dog. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have dogs. I love seeing the old, even the, my most recent one, um, Daisy, she look like a dead dog mm. and she does not look like a dead dog anymore mm. she runs That's with the pack she barks she can't hear anything actually i think some of her hearing is coming back <laughs> because amazing. she can hear someone bark outside i know i have rheumatoid arthritis that's mm. how i found the medicine okay that's what i take yeah. to treat myself 
I get inflammation in, in my jawbone, which blocks off my hearing. Mm. So maybe that dog wasn't even deaf. She just had inflammation in her bones or ear or whatever and now can hear again. Mm. So it's just, I've seen everything now. Yeah, in, the, in the past four or five years, and I'm sure you have, oh, yeah. there's nothing scarier than cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that's true. you know, people are scared of THC and THC is the cancer killer. Mm. It will kill that tumor. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been proven in human medicine and now it doesn't even take as much because as we know, um, pets and dogs especially have so many more receptors mm-hmm. than we do so they're much more sensitive to the medicine See, and if the medicine is pure yeah. and it's made correctly mm-hmm. and it's bioavailable a little bit will go a mm-hmm. long way yes, so you, I'm glad that you said that even, right? right yeah yeah so it's um I think that that is the most wonderful thing so I I love how you say how you want to see the future go and that mm-hmm. it really is that it's targeted that it's used more as a medicine um, how do you think other vets can use it outside of oncology? Have you seen any of that? Stress, anxiety, oh, yeah. fear, arthritis, Absolutely. Absolutely. seizures? All of it. You've all seen it all it. work yeah. on all of it? No, I have. I mean, and a lot of times it's because owners are just picking it up and doing it themselves, and then they go into their vet and say, oh, I went off the medicine you gave me. Well, how is so-and-so still doing well? Mm-hmm. Oh, I started this. Mm-hmm. And so I think that veterinarians that aren't maybe yet knowledgeable about it are starting to see there might be something. Um, and as they start to get more comfortable and it starts to become very clear how to guide cli- guide clients, because I think that th- it's easy to say, I just don't know, so I don't want to talk about it. But eventually they're going to be so bombarded by clients. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was, as I was mentioning, Gary, myself, you like we're all here to really educate so veterinarians feel much more comfortable to say, hold on a second, let me hold your hand through this process because I learned a little bit about it. Or why don't we learn from each other? Right. And because we don't have to fear it. We, we did the to, scary part, yeah, and it's fine. No one's going to yeah. die. No one's ever died yeah. from it. No, and it, I mean, if it's a safe product and it's dosed properly, You're it really is fine. Like, what's the worst? I always say to people, because I do a lot of my the, our, my patients are on a high THC product, and so I say, what's the worst happen? They look out, they look at the wall for an hour or so. I mean, really, right? What's the worst that my chemo can do? A lot worse, right? right? And so, and it doesn't mean I don't believe in the or chemo. Or even some of the prescription meds of are much worse. When people start getting worried about liver enzymes being elevated because right. of it, well, are you looking at what the, the opioid is right. doing to them? And yeah. some of these other, and, and, and you know, and I think that there's a place for everything. Perhaps we can use, and what I'm doing a lot in my practice is using cannabis to help balance some of those side effects with some of those Western medications like chemotherapy or targeted therapies or whatever they may be, where you're getting the GI side effects, you're getting the lethargy, you're getting some of these things where cannabis can certainly balance them and say, hey, wait, I'm going to cut a little bit of your nausea with that CBDA or, or CBD or, you know, I, my, this pet has really severe lymphoma of their gut and IBD. What if I can help with some of that? We know in Crohn's patients in human medicine that THC and CBD can be helpful. And certainly some of these other cannabinoids at low levels can be very helpful. So again, it always goes back to the same, which is figuring out custom for that patient. Like your dog gets IBD and cancer. How do we create a product? And maybe it's not going to be one. Maybe it's going to be a combination mm-hmm. of a hemp product with a marijuana product. Mm-hmm. Because I can't, you know, maybe I can't get enough CBD in this marijuana product. I need a hemp product to put them together. Or I find a marijuana product that has a lot of CBD. 
Um, but being able to figure or out. we get an, an internal CBD product and an external THC product. Who knows? It'll be awesome to be able to use it's, all of those. I've tried external THC products. They don't work that well for me. Um, they, I think if you look at, at least in human medicine, what we know is a THC As a patch a, or salve or what salve. it is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, <laughs> literally, we're going to Las Vegas. There's the biggest dispensary there, and that's where I can find it. And I load up on it. I get six bottles of it, and we swear by it at my house for that, us. Really? Yeah. My boyfriend got his whole knee redone. He put it on there. Oh. He feels no. I mean, it's Who's, the greatest. What's the product? I don't even know the name. Okay. It's terrible packaging, everything, but it's, but it's the great. most wonderful. Yeah. I'll send you. And one. it's CBD. No, it's CBD. Oh. It's a one-to-one. One, yeah, see, there you go. So I know... The same thing where you know it's manufactured and the bioavailability is there because mm, it, it works, works a million times it's, better it's, than others. I feel like it's just... And I've tried patches that worked really well, really? too. Really? Because it's so rare to find patches that work. I'll send you Colorado. Colorado oh. is where you find this stuff. Um, I want to be able to tell our listeners how to follow you, how mm. to find out more about you that are more interested in what you've done. Mm. Where should they go and find more out about you? I have a website. Um, it's Dr. 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 Trina Hazza.com. Um, and you can find me there. I'm also at VCA West LA. Um, if you have uh, a pet that has cancer and want to talk about integrative health, including cannabinoid therapy, you can always come to me here if you're in the Los Angeles area. area. Otherwise, if they're not? If they're not, it, are, you, my webs- can, are they able to? Um, it's illegal to do telemedicine. Okay, they Sorry. just got something from the board the other day. This was like maybe a few months ago. That's so it. that'll be our next fight. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's unfortunate because I'd love to be able to pick up the phone and talk to people on the phone and right. say, let me guide you in this way, even if you're in Florida or if you're in... Um, and so that, but I, what I would do is go to the HA, the AHVMA. Mm-hmm. They have a really good holistic site there they that do. you can then plug in where you live and they have a bunch of holistic vets. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.